fellow investigators and welcome back to our video podcast into the darkness where my friends and i play the call of cthulhu role-playing game i'm your host tom Rayley. the campaign is two-headed serpent it was written by paul fricker scott doward and matthew sanderson and it was edited by mike mason it's all it's available at the chaosium website our game master is matthew sanderson and this is episode 20 now for the recap you're listening to WITV radio So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Hi, thank you very much, Tom. So, the doors to the saloon have just swung open, and it's that infamous moment of the locals turning around and silently, almost in unison, going, you're not from around here, are you, boy? And there's just silence across the bar. Yeah, this is the place, guys. There's this uh, saloon. Come on in. Not you can probably tell by my accent. I ain't from around here, but I'm certainly uh, here now. Okay, there's you can hear some kind of murmurings. There's not many people in the saloon. There's probably about a dozen, although the size of the room would imply that it could easily hold four or five times that if it was at kind of peak capacity. Um, there's a typical cent large central room where there's a balcony that runs around the outside, uh, kind of like a mezzanine floor balcony that overlooks the main uh, the main floor. 
Um, there's a big long bar at the far end with a nice mirrored back, uh, some shelves with various bottles of, well, liquid, considering it is still prohibition. They seem to be quite, uh, quite open in serving. Um, there's a man behind the counter uh, in white shirts and he's got, holding up a glass that he's uh, cleaning and polishing, uh, you know, cleaning off. Um, you know, just keeping eye, keeping eye contact on you as you walk in and wait, waiting for you to approach the bar. Um, give me a spot hidden roll as you go in. Be one of those I'm going to pass on rolling because I'm still all deep in thought what would just happened. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of not even paying attention. Um, um, I got nope. a hard pass. Okay. Right. In which case then, uh, Magnus notices that one of the tables off to one side, it's it's not quite a booth, but it's up along, it's up along the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a relatively young, well, when I say young, I mean teens at most, early 20s. Um, man and a woman, or boy and girl, um, that sat there, that seemed quite nervous, but you're not too sure it's that it's because strangers have walked into the bar, but yeah, they just seem a bit more uncomfortable than the rest of the folks around them. Okay. Um... I'll, uh, if we're just with the group, I'll kind of keep my voice low and lean over to, to, to Johnny and um, sort of point out the, the couple in the corner, kind of acting a little bit out of sorts. Hmm. Folks, we're just passing through. We'll be, uh, uh, we're only going to be here for a few days. Uh, what are you serving? And I walk up to the bar. Oh, okay. In which case, there's, there seems to be a little bit more a reassured crowd. Conversation starts or murmurs start happening around you. Um, the bartender kind of greets you with a smile and says, "Well, we got uh, we got sarsaparilla, we got uh, various various of your soft drinks. Uh, what what kind of thing are you after there?" Oh, sarsaparilla sounds really nice. Uh huh. <clears throat> sarsaparilla. Mm -hmm. You good? You got any more? A headache. For a headache. Any, any, med any medicinals back there? Oh, med medicinal stuff, you say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I could. Uh, I'm sure, I could knock up something for you there. How um, how medicinal are we talking? Uh, something to take the edge off, and maybe maybe put a little heat in the throat there. Oh yeah, we got we got some good medicine for that. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. He starts lining up some drinks. Uh, particularly for Johnny, he brings out a, uh, a short glass and the kind of amber-coloured liquid that he's pouring in there has a very distinctive whiskey-like smell. Hmm. He then pops a cork and then puts it under the under the counter. Hmm. See, we have, a, uh, we have an arrangement with the uh, with some of the uh, the guys that come round, particularly the, uh, the uh, <coughs> um, agents that come uh, come knocking around. They they have headaches a bit like yours, you see. So yeah. they uh, they come here and we uh, we make sure we have a supply of medicine for them whenever they need it. Well, I greatly appreciate. Hmm. No problem. 
No, we're from we're from uh, New York, so we know all about that sort of situation. Oh, right. you're a long way from home. What brings you out here? Just traveling, heading towards California. Ah, uh, like like most of the town, like most of the town, it seems. Yeah, it's kind of most, dusty out here. Yeah, most most of the fields have all gone uh, gone to shit now. So a lot of them have been. Uh, been high turning it out towards the uh, towards the Rockies and they're trying to head as far far west as they can get, looking for work. Got a bit got a bit of a lonely town really over the last uh, the last few months. Oh, right, my name's Morris, by the way, Morris Wellstead. Morris, uh, Gill. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Jim, did we? Oh, do we have a hotel here? Yes, I think you, yeah. you've been briefly to the hotel because you yeah, have that's the, right. We oh, have okay. Yeah. So, what do you folks do for uh, fun around here? Well, poker. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have a game that occasionally picks up here every uh, every few days. Hmm. Uh, we don't gambling can can be a bit frowned upon. You see, in some in some circles, we don't like to, we don't like to advertise it. But if it happens, it happens. People tend to play for um, matchsticks, and then they'll settle up afterwards. Um, otherwise, we have uh, we have music evenings occasionally. So we've got uh, various people who can play the uh, play a bit of the piano or peony. Uh, but otherwise, uh, there's a good time to be had down at the church. Yeah, yeah. The sermons that uh, Reverend Cornfield gives are very, very live, livening show. Yeah, yeah we, that, Reverend. we uh, heard rumors about his uh, his prowess behind the pulpit. Pulpit. Hmm. Quite a preacher, oh. huh? Oh, he certainly puts on a show. Right. Well, you, what what day of the week is it? By the way. Um. I can't remember if we decided what I think we said it was Sunday because two days would be Tuesday when I was going to contact right. my sister. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we've already missed services for the day. Mm. I have to up. He holds them every day. So that's, oh. that's not going to be an issue. Oh, that's good. Maybe we'll drop by. Yeah, this is always welcome. Do you have a town doctor by any chance? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I won't be here for long with my friends uh, eventually moving on to California, but if there's need for any assistance, I wouldn't mind helping a little bit. I'm a doctor myself. Well, we haven't got a, like a full-time doctor per se, but I imagine even if, even if we did, uh, they'd be a bit out of business by now. Oh, my. Yes, uh, the good old Reverend. He's got the, uh, he's got the touch. You see this? It, well, not mine, but his, his hand, touched no, by he, the Lord. He's a healer. Yeah. Oh, how, how handy. Very much for him. Yes, those healing hands are very handy. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, there's a, there's a few cases. You just ask, ask around town, you'll find someone that's been, uh, that's been helped out by him. Well, that's oh. remarkable. I'll have to speak with him later to see if he needs any assistance with any of this, but it sounds like he has the situation well in hand. The Lord works in mysterious ways. 
Oh, very, very mysterious and very, very miraculous. There's uh, one one of the guys down at the lumber the, the lumber yard. Yeah, got uh, I think it was a, a full log hit him, crushed crushed his back. The yeah. the people never thought he was gonna um, never gonna walk again. Well, you head down to the lumber yard and you'll find him walk spring and spraying out there just as but nothing had happened to him. But he thinks like he's twenty years younger. Oh my goodness! I've never heard of such a miraculous recovery. Hmm. Oh yeah, so, honestly, he, he works miracles. Well, we'll have to go see, and we can watch one of his uh, his meetings and uh, and see for ourselves, I suppose. Yeah, Not that maybe, we doubt. Maybe, maybe even take part. You could always go go up to the front of the uh, go up to the front of the audience and handle those snakes yourselves. Oh, show your snake handlers. Oh yes. Well, that proves that uh, that the Holy Spirit is moving in you. <laughs> Do you? You handle snakes too? Oh me, no, no. <laughs> I, I've, I've got the faith as much as the next man, but I'm, um, I'm not quite. Uh, I've not got the balls enough to go up and handle those those rattlers. <laughs> well, as Saint Paul said, they will be able to handle snakes. Does he ever drink uh, toxic liquids of some sort? Poisons? Um, not that I've seen openly, but they, I've certainly never seen anything bite him. Hmm. Well, he, good for him. That's amazing. I say he puts on a show. And he, I, I, I'll turn around and I'll be like, any other folks, uh, uh, good Christians, go to church? As you say you're turning around and looking at the crowd, you can give me a psychology role. Uh, 29, what is that? <sighs> no, I do not have that much psychology. Okay, now they, they're just kind of, you can see that a lot of them are already still looking at you. Um, but you just see a kind of shakes of the head and the occasional, maybe forced chuckle. But yeah, no, no, one, no one really seems to uh, pick, you, pick you up on that. Did the couple in the corner react any special way when he says it? Uh, they have gone very quiet and are just watching. Not maliciously, but there's definite caution. But yeah, they're just observing at the minute. Okay. I'm still watching them from when Magnus pointed them out to me. Mm -hmm. so, so have we made eye contact, them and I? Uh, probably flipfully. Uh, that they they'd look but only for like a half a second and then look away but when they realize that oh he's watching us as well and then they'll turn their attention to someone else maybe the back of someone else's head the alcohol is probably working nicely with the uh with the with the medication that i took before i left the hotel so i am going to saunter hmm. over to their table oh okay well, they um, well, obviously they see you coming. Uh, the closer you get, the a bit more nervous they become, and you can see they start to shuffle out from their from their chairs and start start to get up. There's no reason to get up. Well, we 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 were we were just leaving. Were you, or were you waiting for me to come over? Because I noticed you looking at my friends and I. Well, this is the uh, the girl that's speaking. 
Uh, well, you're um, you're new in town. It's, we don't get many visitors come here. Well, dear, everybody's new at some point, aren't they? Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. What are you drinking? What do you What do you got there? Some. Uh, just just water, and indeed they do just do have two glasses of water in front of them. Would you like a sarsaparilla? Um, On me. Yeah, there's kind of a nervous look between them. Sure. Yeah. Have a seat. Hey, Magnus. Magnus. Yeah. Could hey, could you grab a couple of sarsaparillas for our friends here? They want Magnus. I got it. I don't know if that's a great idea, Connor. You're not great with people i'm i'm gonna go get on the train and go home <laughs> where's Adi going so fast no i'm not, I'm not gonna go. that's right it's connor you you stick here with uh with the doc and, and gerhard I'll, I'll go help uh johnny i'm sure he won't shoot me again not on, <laughs> not on purpose um so yeah, I'll, I'll get the bartender to pour up some sarsaparillas for me and I'll walk them over Ooh. to the table. No, what are your names? What are your names? Again, they're going to they stumble, but they look at each other first before, uh, before answering. Uh, the, what's I say, boy, uh, the younger man says, well, my name's uh, Gregory and this is my, uh, my friend Susie. Hmm. You guys are terribly nervous. Is there something that go? You you seem like something's really bothering you. And it has. It, it's more than just us being new in town, because I'm sure new people come through all the time. But you seem extra nervous right now. Is there some? Is there somebody watching you? Is there some? What's your deal, man? Yeah, they when when confronted outright, they def, they they're a bit more blatant. That they look around. Um. And they say, "Well, uh, can can I have a word? Can we everyone talk yeah. together?" Yeah, we talk together. This is Magnus. Magnus, get in here. This is Greg and Susie. Greg, Susie, yeah. how you doing? Uh, I'm Magnus. Pleasure. Um, and so they, they look between each of you in turn. We've uh, we've got to ask. This is uh, Susie speaking. Did you come here because of the, because of something you heard on the radio? Well, you know, there's no reason to lie right now. We heard that there was a nice preacher out here that was given a sermon. But Mr. Cornfield. Did you, yeah. Did, did you feel compelled to come here? No, not compelled to come here. We're hired to come here. Hired? Uh, hired in what way? Well, we're with a traveling Bible sales group, and whenever we find new preachers that are pushing really solid messages and drawing a lot of people in, our company sends us in there to try to saturate the place with Bibles and get as much sales as we can before people lose the faith. Oh, so you're, you're coming at this from a business angle, not from because you believe what he's spouting. Well, we didn't well, say that. We believe. We haven't heard we haven't heard everything he's spouting yet, so I don't want to really commit. 
Yeah, he you, may be. Uh, he may be good. He may the, be bad. Your friend at the bar was telling us uh, that he might have some uh, some magic healing powers. Which uh, look, we've we've met plenty of uh, priests along the road that uh, claim to have these sorts of powers, and they all end up being a bunch of mumbo, mumbo jumbo. So uh, you know, we're we're skeptical of the fella. Uh huh. But we'll still make a dollar off the good word. Mm. Right. They're kind of looking between uh, between Johnny saying that you're coming coming here from a business angle, and then Odd saying that you've got faith. You can see they're a bit conflicted. Um, well, Odd's way back at the bar still. <laughs> it's not that big of a room. <laughs> it's huge. It's a huge room, Gil. It has a mezzanine. <laughs> You guys aren't exactly being quiet, so you'll have to excuse him, Greg. I see he made you a little uncomfortable, and uh -huh. I'm sorry. Uh, does Johnny want to give me a your choice of fast talk or persuade? Forty. Uh, I don't even know what any of that is. Fast talk or persuade? Mm -hmm. T. Alphabetical order. Oh my god, forty-four on forty-five. I just barely passed it. Ah, huh. I'll take persuade. There you go. Right. In which case, they do seem to, they're kind of, again, eyeing up. They're a bit more concerned about uh, Odd saying that they've got faith. That seems to be the thing that kind of rattled them a bit. But yeah. looking back uh, kind of looking back at Johnny and seems to be weighing things up and buying his line, saying this is more of a business angle, they, they kind of, they relax a bit and say, well, that's good, because uh, we're, we're a bit worried about some of the stuff that the Reverend's been up to, and it's yeah, frankly, there's there's a few of us in town which are which are worried, and he kind of looks around the rest of the room as if to imply everyone in the room is a bit worried about what's going on in town. What's worrying you? What has he done that has caused you such uh, unrest? Well, for my, my wife is saying fucking snake eggs would be one thing. She keeps them um, she keeps them in the bottom of the oven. I'm, I'm sorry. To did, keep them warm. Sherry, uh, that ain't normal. Did you say that your wife is laying snake eggs? Yeah. A out, of, had, uh, out of what orifice? Well, where they would normally pop out, where the baby popped out anyway. Yeah, you kind and of see Magnus's reaction when, and says, you, you see where I'm coming from? When, when did that start happening? It was about uh, a month after... There was there was complications with the uh, with the birth of the birth of my son, or yeah. our, our son rather, um, and we tried everything. The, the finally the Reverend came because the word had got out that say my wife was wife was really really ill. Uh, we were worried we were going to lose the kid. Um, he put his hands on her on her belly, and the pain just went away. Then a month later she. She gave birth. You, you can kind of see the wide stare that he gives at that point, just looking down at his glass and just rocks a little bit forward, uh, backwards and forwards. And then the month after that, she started laying eggs. And there's just, just keep some warm on, on the tray under the main part of the oven. And you, you can see, you can see things in them, things. In the eggs. Hey, 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 hey! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, buddy. Relax. It's all right. It's all right, Connor. It's all right. Uh, Greg, um, has anyone else 
that's been touched by the the, the, the father. Um, has anyone else had weird side effects that are like snake-like or something like that? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, all of them. Just the, the rest, the rest of the town here seem to be just just turning a blind eye or or just in a complete state of denial. I mean, you, you go down to the barber shop and see the uh, see this the guy who sweeps up there, and his his wife as well. They, they ain't they ain't normal now. And the the, the other poor fellow that he, he he's all nice and spry and he's he's all the the, the guy who works down at the timber yard. Mm. Uh, he sleeps in a fucking crawl space under the house. This and good poor Susie's mum. He, he gestures to the I'll say the girl he's with. She sheds her fucking skin once a month. Uh, this is not normal. And that, the, that one might actually be more normal than you think. Well, she used to have psoriasis, but she didn't uh, didn't get rid of her whole skin. So, this the, no. the fucking healing touch. It's it's infecting people. Well, it's changing them. It's, is, it's helping them, but it's changing them. Is he speaking loud enough to where we can all hear now? I, I think he's gotten to the point where he's irritable enough that, yeah. And you, you can see blatantly that the rest of the crowd are very sympathetic to him. They're not kind of gasping and looking away. It's more of a case of they're, they're kind of nodding along and going, yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk over to where they are too, and I'm going to say, earlier, you said something about being compelled come here. Do you feel compelled? No, or... God no. We, we've lived here all, all our lives. But we, we've come across the... There are people out there which have been coming to the town which are, which are saying they've been compelled by this, by this broadcast. But ever, since, uh, ever since the Reverend's been sending the, uh, these um, records of his up to, uh, up to the city, to have them broadcast, people have been turning up here and the congregation's just been getting bigger and bigger. Hmm. Folks, do you all feel the same? And I look around the room. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's just this lull of, of these nods and murmurs. Uh, let me ask you another question. Is there somebody in the room right now who you don't trust other than us? You don't know us? No, they, they look around and there's a no general murmur. Everyone's, everyone's happy here. Um, Folks. Fact, the, bartender, the bartender pipes up saying that's for kind of why my line of questioning was uh, I get all my line of statements of seeing how you would react to someone who was obviously uh, in line with the dear reverend but no ev everyone that attends the uh, attends the saloon here is very much um, concerned about the state of what is going on in our nice little town all right. well, and, folks. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll lean over to Gilly and say I think we're staying at the wrong hotel Maybe. Um, folks, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, we have to be careful, too. But the thing is, we came here because of that broadcast um, to investigate what the hell is going on. We also suspect that there's something going on that shouldn't be going on here. Ah, there's, there's a lot of very happy murmuring going on there. Um, we want to see this reverend and see what's up. And we are not, we are not completely surprised that it has something to do with snakes. Okay. It's not the first time we've heard this shit. 
I want to ask the, the, the room. Um, now, we were told uh, by the, the owners of the hotels that uh, a while ago, the fire, Cornfield, we went on a, he went out into the, to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he came back. So my question to you is, before he went on that pilgrimage, was any of this stuff happening? Is it, did this thing start happening once he got back? from walking out in the desert? There's, um, there's one guy who sat on his own on a table, fairly near the door, actually. Uh, you can tell he's probably got the more um, medicinal type of drink in front yeah. of him. Um, he kind of perks up and nods quite pointedly. Yeah, it was after after he got back. Was, uh, he did his thing. He, he came he came back into town looking so, so much better, more confident, hell, he even looked younger. And uh, it, was af- it was after that that he started bringing out all the, all the snakes to the, to the services. And then a little while after that, when he, uh, when he started laying hands, the, those hands of his on people. So he called snakes to him? Oh, he just turned up with them. He just turned up with a huge box, box full of them that he had wrapped around his hands and his arms. It was... Uh, Spewing stuff from uh, well, the Gospels of Mark and Luke, and saying about how they were they weren't going to harm you. That we, the true servants of the Lord, don't don't have to worry about such things. Ugh. Well, folks, you can understand that. Uh, although I said I was a man of faith, I'm really not much of a man of faith. I'm more a man of science, but I can quote the Bible too. So anyone can quote the Bible. Hey, uh, Doctor Masello. Yes. Could you, uh, in the most uh, probably secretive way, could you offer Susie uh, your services as a doctor? Oh, certainly. And, and then very quietly, I'm just going to whisper in his ear, she, she's shooting snake eggs out of her vagina. Oh, my. That's yeah. quite Wait, peculiar. Is that Susie? No, no, um, Gregory said about his wife. He didn't say... Uh, oh, he said his friend, his wife. oh, I assumed Susie was his wife. Oh, uh, oh no, no, no. Um, well, you can give me another psychology role on that front, if you like. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. I'll just go with it. So, Susie, you're Greg's wife? No? But there is a sudden look of shock between them. Uh, no, God, no, no, no. I'm... I'm, I'm Susie Chosenbaum, the uh, Greg, Gregory Shaw. No, I'm just, I'm just a friend. We're, we're just, we're just friends. You're, you're, you're just friends, just sitting here together, drinking water. Worried about their mothers. Yeah. Worried. They're sharing oh. worry of the time. Uh, Gregory pipes up. Well, yeah, it's my wife that's laying eggs, but Susie's mum's the one that's shedding her skin. So we, we both got quite personal, well, uh, interested. Here, here's a, here's a question for the keeper. Uh-huh. Does Susie look pregnant? Oh, drinking water at the bar. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, nobody cared about drinking alcohol when you were pregnant back then. <laughs> well, thanks for ruining my line of questioning, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no, you're. Uh, if, if you have a look, either because she she is pretty slender, either she is hiding it really well, or. It's so early that it isn't showing, but there's no overt signs. Okay. Okay. 
Pardon me for asking, but has anyone noticed how quickly the changes in these people uh, occur after the good reverend has laid his hands upon them? Is it immediate or is it overnight or a week later? Has anyone been noticing such things? Oh, that they do actually go, I think um, the reaction on their faces, oh, that's a good question, a reaction. Um, Susie pipes up, with, it, it's really, it's dependent on the person. Um, but with my, with my mum, we didn't notice anything weird until about a month later. Likewise with, um, with Gregory's, uh, Gregory's wife, that it was, wasn't until about three weeks that we saw that her belly was extending again after the pregnancy and that then a week after that, so about a month again, that she then started laying eggs. Um, but others, it was a bit more, it was a bit quicker. Like, um, like George, uh, George Henson, the guy who got hit by the, um, by the log at the lumberyard. Yes. Um, he, as far as we were aware, it maybe it was about a week before he finally started crawl, uh, sleeping under the, under the crawl space under the house. Um, maybe cause he just was finding it so uncomfortable that he couldn't sleep in indoors. But yeah, it's it seems to vary with with different people that have been how they've how they've been healed, if you could call it that. It's almost as if a, a metamorphosis is going on here, or a hybridization. With a touch, any word? Well, we don't know anything about how it works. Good point. I would love to examine someone that's been affected in such a manner, but I don't know how stealthfully one could do such a thing. Oh, if, if you want someone who's, uh, who's been affected that isn't worried about uh, showing it off, um, the best person you could go and have a word with would be um, Harry Mathewson. Um, he was the, uh, he, well, he's, he was blind up until, was he blind? Yeah, um, yeah he, was, he was blind for for years, um, he, he could still see a little bit, but it would be more just light and dark. Um, he was employed up at the barbershop, for, well, he was still employed at the barbershop. He'd been working there for years. Um, the Reverend laid hands on him. And yeah, Ralph Kunkel, who runs the, uh, who runs the barbershop, he ain't worried about people going up and uh, having a love with Harry, or even Harry just laying there and talking to people about his his new condition you can see he shudders at that does he have scales no he, he doesn't have scales but his mouth does things that mouths shouldn't be able to do mm. but the mention of scales definitely makes him worry you actually see sweat starting to appear on his forehead mm -hmm. Uh, is there anybody in town that has scales now? My son. Okay. You can call him my son. No, was your son from an egg? No, difficult well, pregnancy. She was already pregnant with him, and then he laid his hands on her belly. Okay. The reverend infected her with the... Folks, we're going to take care of this problem for you. We're yeah. gonna need you all to keep hush hush about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't tip tip anyone off. 
gentlemen, the thing that worries me the most about this, that people feel compelled to come here. And yeah, what is this compulsion? Where it was, part of our investigation has to do with compulsion. Uh, they might be being brought here to be converted. Well, this is, I think this might be, be a better question. Is there any fanatical devotees of the Reverend that we should watch out for? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the whole, I was gonna say congregation in the room, that'd be quite an ironic term. Um, everyone present, you can hear nods, and that guy by the door, uh, again, pipes up with, yep, that'll be the sheriff. Cornfield's right-hand man. He's got the law on his side as well as the Bible. Why is it always the sheriff that's the right-hand man? Well, um, why don't we take a little walk and talk? Yeah, uh, Morris, the uh, the bartender says, uh, folks, given what given what I've heard, you're welcome here anytime. If you find the doors a lot they'd normally just we say we have private meetings here amongst those of us that are of a similar kind of mind um just knock three times on the door and we'll come and let you in okay um, before we leave how many rooms do you have and do you have rooms available here uh yeah uh we well, <laughs> well enough, we, we use those for our meetings it's a bit more discreet um uh, but okay. we, we've got six rooms no, no one else is staying here at the minute. But if you're, if you're of a like mind, you're more than welcome to stay here if you want. We we charge pretty good rates. It's it's fairly basic service, but you get by. Well, officially we're staying at the hotel, but if we need to duck out somewhere, we might be able to come back here. So technically, let's not let anybody know we are going to be coming mm. back here. Right. But we'll make officially we'll be at the hotel. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, you, you want to come by here? The, there's always someone here at any hour of the day or night. Now, Greg. Yeah? Does your, does your wife have a motherly inclination towards the eggs? She is pretty protective about them. She's very proud of them. Yeah. So uh, keeps them safe in the oven. Downright scary. I mean, Peg Peggy was has always been been quite the motherly type. I mean, it took us a, it took us a while of trying before we before we were able to get uh, get a son, and of course everything everything that happened. And Have that, you? Yeah. Have you been at home lately, or you've been staying elsewhere? No, I've I've been at home. Although I've been um, obviously I've been here a fair bit, and uh, I'll say me and me and Susie have uh, I'll say we're both going through similar kind of problems at the moment. It's the problem shared. Have any of you known anyone amongst you that has been forcibly against their will dragged in and had their hands laid upon or are these people all willing to have the hands laid upon them or would you know such a thing 
as far as I'm aware, everyone's everyone's willing. Um, no one's certainly no one's turned it down that I'm aware of. It's um, the Reverend has helped those he can, uh, those he can, and those that are evidently in need of healing, like say or um, his name now. Um, Paul Harry, who was who was blind for years, he certainly didn't turn down the offer. Um, sometimes it's been like with um, there's a lot of names for me to memorise here. Sorry, uh, with George who um, got hit down at the lumberyard. Yeah. Um, obviously, he, they didn't call the Reverend, but the Reverend heard and came running, and obviously then they didn't turn down the offer when they realised how bad he was. So it seems like somebody has an accident or a condition first, and then they... All right. Uh, let's take a walk, folks. We'll be back. We'll be back in a bit. Yeah, they, they nod and say, yeah, just uh, be careful who you, uh, who you talk to. There are various people out there which are very uh, passionately for the Reverend. What about the owner? What about the owner of the hotel? Yeah, they would be the uh, very much. Yeah, they'd be very much of the uh, on the reverend's side of things, shall we say? Hmm. Do you know about the other guest staying at the hotel? I believe it's a gentleman and his son. Oh yeah, the uh, the Bible sales. Uh, the other Bible salesman come into town. Yeah, I think they turned up either yesterday or the day before. Um, yeah, we, we, we've heard snippets. Again, we tried to sound them out as to why they've been in town. And it sounds like they've come here because of the broadcasts. They feel like they've been compelled to come here. So I thought. All right, folks. Let's go outside. Yeah, you can head out without any problem. No one stops you. There's uh, back there. Bartender waves. And says, I said, come back anytime. Thank you. We will. Thank you. So I'm seeing some bits of information that need to somehow make sense together. People are being hybridized, obviously, mm. um, in the same way that that, that I, nobody can hear us except us. Um, that that Connor was fixed, healed by hybridization. That the he is somehow this. More primitive. Well, he's, he seems to be able to do it somehow. Uh, uh, this coming from somebody that's been hybridized, the experience that these people have expressed is seems far different. Oh yeah, than my own. Yeah, he's got some other means of doing it, and it could be as simple as some magical red crystal, like uh, started to work on on Johnny. Um, but you've got another weird thing, and that's people being compelled to come here. Now, the people who are compelled, my guess is that they're already either hybrids or lizards or snake people. Because you can't compel us to come here. Well, here's a question. Keeper, do I feel compelled at all? <laughs> From hearing the broadcast as, as a half-snake man? Uh, I don't believe... Because I don't remember asking for a role, or don't remember you failing it dramatically. Um, so no, you are—you've heard it. Obviously, you heard the underlying tone underneath it, but nothing's—nothing's nothing's kind of screaming at your subconsciously tugging you to come here. No. 
No, I, I can't say. I don't, I don't feel terribly pressed to be here, and I'm well. It sounds like else. it sounds like he's gathering people, compelling them in some way, maybe with Crown, to come here, and then he's also appropriating some regular people and turning them into lizard people, so possibly he can control them too. Maybe talk, he's just a really good crown. speaker. Yeah. No. I thought the, uh, the crown was in Council Dakota. Yeah. We don't know where the crown is. That's the fact is we don't know where it is. Johnny, you People have this staff, it. correct? Oh, yeah. And the staff calls snakes. And some snake people, from what I hear. Okay, that might be good. Now, well, I do soon. have an idea. So, With this staff, if we want to go to his church service. Yeah, I was having the same idea. Pull all the snakes away from well, Let's him. take over you know, his cult. You know, we're not yeah, exactly. here. We're not here to cause pandemonium. We're here to figure out what the fuck they're up to. Correct. And it might be that they're not being nefarious, and it just looks that way to these poor people. Well, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. From what they said, he didn't have any of this skill or ability until he came back from the right. Obviously, there. and I point out, so he met something out there. Or yeah, or ran across a, another magical red crystal that turned him into a hybrid. Maybe well, he doesn't even understand what's well, happening. I, no, it, it didn't turn him into a hybrid. The crystals turn you into a full-on snake person. No, they turn you into a hybrid. No, they turn because his Johnny only got hit in the hand, but his hand is a snake. It's not yeah. a human skin hand. I don't know. That's the queen it's, still, it's still human-ish. If you could turn everybody into snake people, then why not just turn everybody into snake people instead of hybridizing them? What I'm saying is, when he came back, he didn't have any. He just looked younger. He didn't have skin on him. I, if anything, it'd be he, he, the real reverend was out there and met a snake person and the person took his skin. Gerhard. Why would he look younger then? Yes. Yeah. You who are so wise in the ways of Yig religious text, is there anything about Yig blessing his followers with the power to heal? Did matter? Did I come you, up? Are, you are indeed aware that Yig can bless. And one of the blessings is, or a parallel to what such taught in the Bible, that snakes will not harm the blessed of you. So I relay that back to everyone. But do they get this? You give the power to heal people sometimes. That you could you could potentially read between the lines. Um, but give me a mythos roll to give you more uh, to give you more of an idea. No. Uh, right. um, oh, no, 80, and that's way too much to spend. Nope. Yeah, in which you, you'd have to read between the lines of some of the text that's in the uh, in what uh, Gerhardt's read. Uh, for those I making the straight roll, there's no evidence of it yet. I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, for, from Gerhardt's perspective, you'd have to read between the lines in that Gospel of Yig that you've read already. And even then, it's very open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. For the others that haven't read it and are relying on their mythos knowledge of what's been in like, the orientation package and so on, there's no evidence to suggest as yet. Although there is potentially the angle you could go down about how snakes regenerate by shedding skin and so forth. But again, that's, that's extrapolation. You've got no hard fact yet. So uh, once this is... 
this is feeling though rather yig like to me than more than inner night oh hell yeah because because think about it because because the inner night from what what we've seen is all about Sathugua and yeah and that, oh, that right, thing. but this right. and and yig is all about a firm hand of the law and snake people are on top so you have the sheriff that is enforcing this the yigians are you know propagating snakes and yigs this feels very yig so i think our original theory of internet luring yig worshippers here is not the case unless it kind of makes sense if caduceus because we think caduceus are with yig they're sending us out here because they're going who are these other yig people that are going on they just want us to find out who they are and what they're doing it it seems also though i mean i agree with everything you just said except if i was part of this in a night if i was a bad guy i might pretend to be a yigian gather all the yigians in the whole area together and then blow them I up i don't i don't think there's that many yigians however many there are i if, think if, they're trying to make get, more yigians if you get 90% of them and then blow them all to hell then that, that's a tremendous blow I, I was going to say something very similar to what I just okay, said. Okay, so so here's so here's the question then. Why in in the middle of the dust bowl? Because this is where there's a lot of Yigians. This is the southwest. It's supposed to be an area where I, I think it was the Native Americans. Didn't we read up on that? Yeah. But also the middle of the dust bowl people People are losing everything. They're desperate. They're reaching out to grasp hold of something. Okay, but so if this if this is where you're saying the rumors of myth of Yig are, then this would be his turf. That makes perfectly good sense that to expand your base of power from where you already are. You know what? And in your inner night, and you're dancing on Yig's territory, and Yig is as powerful as these books claim. That seems like a pretty good way to get yourself killed. I've got an alternative theory now. What if this doesn't have to do with anything nefarious at all? What if this preacher fellow went out into the desert, stumbled across an old temple or something of Yig, was converted by the religious experience, given a blessing by Yig, comes back, and he's just looking for followers. Yeah, we never, and, never said that it was malicious. Right. It, it might be completely non-malicious. And these people are scared, but they are. He is converting people into having snake babies. But he is also just converting people that have been injured. Except yeah, for the pregnant woman. I mean, well, he saved, he saved the child's life, right? Yes. He saved the logger's life. There's he, no one taken just completely healthy and converted. Everyone had some sort of uh, medical condition from from a condition all the way to a horrendous injury. It still does what, seem like I'd, a violation. I'd quite like to find out which direction this reverend walked in when he went for his uh, pilgrimage. See if I, we can find like the, to, the place. Yeah, I want to go see if I can find whatever he, it or where or whatever he came across that's turned him into this stuff. Um, yeah. I think we need to meet this man and not let him touch us. Except for Connor. Because I don't think it would do anything to Connor. Hey, uh, guys, uh, don't want to stress you out, but Johnny's gone. 
it, it just means we have to wait for him to reappear again at some point. Yeah, it does seem to be while you've been talking that he has uh, pulled a vanishing act again. He mm. does that. You know, he's kind of got a point because we do do these arguing things quite a bit. So I think he just gets sick, sick of it and walks off. But he usually comes up with something. And last yeah. time he found out all that information over at what's me. So where would Johnny go? Where would he's going to the church? Or the anything stage. he's going to the church? No, he's going to the church. He well, cuts through I... the bullshit and goes straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah. How how dusty is the ground? But <clears throat> but do you leave footprints? Oh yes. Guy to track Johnny. <laughs> probably blow away. <laughs> okay, give me a track roll then. You guys are bounty hunters. You should uh, be. Twenty. We actually have four. Is a. I'll spend the point of luck to make that an extreme. Okay, right. In which case, you can see that he's headed back down towards the hotel. Hmm. Um, but as the closer you get to the hotel, um, you can see he's gone in, and then you can see footprints coming back out again, and they pick up speed a bit. That he's heading further south into town yep i'm i'm just following him we're following him it's like having a bloodhound <laughs> i wonder if his hybridization makes his, his senses of smell much stronger than uh... <laughs> let, let me just taste the air real fast use your, and all the use air your jacobson on. yeah your jacobson's air uh... yeah so in which case if you're, if you're following on uh obviously following the trail where he's led it goes straight down main street uh, by about four blocks, and you probably find. Well, how how would you describe uh, Johnny in his current state of reconnoitering? Oh, I'm just I'm I'm not hiding. I'm just um, walking as if I was walking right down the street. Mm-hmm. Not swinging my cane or anything. <laughs> yeah, I got it tucked as discreetly as possible. But, yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, like sliding along walls or anything like that. I'm just. You're not doing an just the lay of the land more than anything else. Just a tourist, basically like a tourist. Mm-hmm. I just okay. happen to be right outside the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the for the others here, you find that there's the uh, the very blatant sign that says sheriff on this relatively small brick building. Uh, small enough to the point where you think it's probably an office and two cells uh, there is not a very big police force here in fact it's probably the sheriff mm, yeah there wouldn't be much out here mm-hmm. no so do we... sure. from here where's the where was the church from the sheriff's office uh-huh. the church is oh okay your building you're looking at is on the junction between Main Street and Fifth. The church, the first church of Christ the Redeemer, is one, two, three, four blocks west of where you are now on Fifth Street. So you are you are on the right uh, junction to take if you wanted to go down to the church. You can see the steeple sticking up in the distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very prominently. Yeah, I'm just going to stroll right down, down towards the church. Okay, we can certainly see where Johnny's going. I'm going to the church, you guys. 
actually figured that. <laughs> well, I wanted to see the sheriff's office first. I was afraid you were going to go to the sheriff. Holy shit. In a way, he did both. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually, as you as you go past, the door is open uh, into the into the sheriff's building. I mean, oh. his office. Uh, you can see this uh, slightly rotund gentleman um, sat behind a desk with his feet up, uh, reading a newspaper and a half-empty uh, bottle of whiskey perched by his, uh, stood by his feet. Hmm. Have we caught up with him? Oh, yeah, you, cert- you certainly could have caught up to Johnny. Obviously, we had a conversation with him. You, you can all, you can, well, you can follow Johnny to the church or head where you want to head. I'm going to wait outside the door, but I'm going to listen. Door of the church, that is, yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. So as you approach the church, uh, the first thing that becomes blatant is the sign. Uh, Until recently, it would have read the First Church of Christ the Redeemer, but the lower part of the sign has been painted over very hastily in white paint, so it's now just saying the first church. There's the, any reference to Christ and such has been painted over. Um, otherwise, you can see the front doors of the church are open. It is your typical small town, white panelled uh, wooden building, nice little stir, nice little spire. Um, very white, very open, very bright inside. Um, rows of pews that extend up towards a, a raised area at the far end. Um, you can see off to one side, off in a corner, um, that looks like very small chairs, um, a little table, which is evidently far too small for adults, but then pieces of paper, crayons, and other such material scattered around. Looks like the the area they put aside for Sunday school um, mm-hmm. for the kids. And there's some various drawings of what look to be like haloed figures and such that the kids have been drawing and they're uh, pinned up against the uh, pinned up against the wall. And some other other pictures which you imagine, yeah, that could be that could be Jesus. Um, that oh that's the last supper because they're all I presume that's a table that they're all sat behind that that kind of thing it's they're obviously yeah. kids stick figure drawings for the most part they're not they're not artists is there a schedule on the wall as we came in do they have a schedule of the next services um, services ah uh, um, just daily just says daily. Uh, they have morning Sometimes. and evening oh and hmm. so there is morning sir morning service is at seven a.m. And evening service is at 7 p.m. And what time is it right now? Um, you say it's probably late afternoon, so it'll be about 4 or 5. So probably say a couple of hours until service begins. So nobody else is in this church other than just, it's just, I guess, just me? I, I, I'll follow you in. Yeah. Want to walk up to the, uh, want to walk up to the front. Real mm-hmm. respectable-like. And um, just kind of, I want to peek over and see because is there a? Um, I'm sure there's a the pulpit, but there's a um, altar sort of thing he stands behind. What do you call the thing? The pulpit or lectern? Okay. Lectern? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a thing, and he sits there and he puts his book on it. 
Stop or right. stands behind yeah. it. The mm-hmm. podium is what I was getting at. Okay. Yeah. The church um, podium. When you get that close to the front, um, because because you're right at the kind of the far end of the church mm-hmm. now, um, you can hear noise. Um, there is a side door that goes off into what you presume would be the vestry, um, and there is the sound of someone scribbling or writing, maybe occasionally fidget, uh, fidgeting, coming from in there. Um, and the lectern, when you get to it, there's it's just the lectern. There's nothing sat on it, but. There's evidently signs that it is used and that the big heavy Bible is put down on it and taken off on a fairly regular basis. Is is there signs of like so 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 they painted over like the um you know the, the Christ part of the church. Mm-hmm. Are there like signs where there have been like crosses that have been removed from walls, other things painted over, moved? Um, give me a spot hidden roll. Although you'll you'll be looking for a hard, I'm saying. A ten, that's an extreme. Oh, even better then. Okay. Um, the normal signs of church paraphernalia or Christian paraphernalia that you'd expect to see in the church are still there. And they haven't been tampered with. So you've still got the altar, you've still got a cross upon it, you've still got a cross on the, um, on the back wall. Um, there's still uh, Bibles and hymns and such that are printed and stacked up in one corner, ready to be distributed for the service. But the one thing that's, or at least the main thing that seems out of place to you is actually the kids' drawings when you look at them a bit more closely. Um, certain of those stick figures, particularly, but you think, oh, that's supposed to be Christ uh, surrounded by his disciples. Um, instead of being maybe in white or not white crayon um in a or black crayon that you'd expect a stick figure to be drawn in very green and green tends to come up quite a bit um even covering over some of the previous drawings as if they've been amended so that they become green and one especially that just seems really bizarre um which the only thing that you could potentially liken it to is the story of the resurrection where Christ being in a cave, gets uh, moves the boulder aside, walks out of the cave. Yeah, it's more like the figure is that you can see the stick figure, presumably representing Christ, laying on the laying on a slab, is green, and then a snake slithering out of the open cave. And it's very definitely a snake, considering they've even taken the time to put the little red forked tongue in a different colour. And that is very much a wavy line with no arms. Hmm. Yeah, other than that, there doesn't seem to be any other overt desecration, definitely. It's not gone that far, but nothing to um, gloss over the pre existing religion. In like and in like their Bibles and things, there's not like a little like leaflet of like new doctrine or anything. No, I'm having a flick through the Bibles. I mean, there's quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look as though they've been the, the normal ones. They haven't been tampered with. Okay. Ah. But they're definitely definitely messing with what they're telling the kids anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. 
Right, so I hear somebody behind this door. Yeah, the door's kind of open to a crack, and you can hear someone, it sounds like someone writing or fidgeting in there. I'm going to walk over to the door. Mm-hmm. Hello. And I'm slowly, just kind of a little bit, hello. Okay, yeah, the door kind of creaks open somewhat ominously, almost haunted house style creaking. Um, and you see into the vestry, it's a fairly small room. Uh, there's some um, suits hung up on, um, hung up on a coat rack and a desk in one corner, uh, rows, a bookcase in here. And there's a gentleman that you probably think is in his maybe late 40s, early 50s, uh, dressed fairly neatly in uh, black and white, uh, nice little dog collar, um, wonderful set of black hair that's slicked back. Uh, wrinkleless skin, um, kind of hunched over a big Bible, which is pretty much you think the kind of thing that would be out on the lectern out in the main room. Um, you can see it's got scribbles all around the margins. Um, there's certain sections which have been cro- uh, that you can see have been blatantly blacked out and crossed through. Uh, there's even some pages which are looks like they've been snipped out and are cut away and put on the side by the table. Um, he hears the door opening and then just uh, he's closing the Bible, giving you that glimpse as you come in. Says, oh, hello. Are you uh, you here for the sermon? Yeah, but I think I'm running a little a little early. I, I got here a lot faster than I thought I was going to. Oh, no, no problem, no problem. Come in, come in, my son. Yes, we don't we don't start for another couple of hours. I'm I'm, I'm Reverend Cornfield, by the way. Um, he gets oh. up and extends a hand. Oh, Johnny Adavino. Oh. I shake his hand gleefully pleasure yeah he he gives you a good firm very warm grip i hope i didn't interrupt your planning your your yeah see you are you getting ready for the sermon for tonight oh you're just jotting down some uh, some notes and uh, making some makes yeah, making some prompts and yeah it's, uh, as i get ideas i like to write them down well i don't want to ruin i, I don't want to ruin the surprise or anything but uh what's the sermon going to cover tonight what is tonight's sermon on? Well, say so the, uh, the the Trinity, in particular. So the uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and how maybe there aren't just three facets of uh, of God out there in the world, but there are many others that you can uh, that can be interpreted by the by the world around us. I mean, the uh, the good book he Captain Danny is all all about interpretation. It is. I, I agree. The, uh, I'm just going to look on his table as I do that. When he patted on his book, I want to look directly down. Mm-hmm. I want to look at everything on his table and see if there's anything that is personal to him that I could identify quickly as personal to him. Okay. Um, I won't call for a spot hidden roll because it's, it's out there on the table. It's not hidden. Um, I'm going to say that, yeah, you see there's a pocket watch down there, which he's just, he's got sat open that he's almost been using as a little clock. So he's had the the leaf open and just positioned it down so it's standing upright so he's got a view of the view of the face while he's been working mm-hmm. and yeah he's just got it sat down there the chain glints obviously with the light that's in here so yeah that, that definitely looks the most personal item right and and that's on is that within my reach give me a luck roll 29 on 29 on, I'm very much so, 29 on 83. Yep, in which case, definitely within reach. 
so much so if you wanted to swipe it it would be just a regular sleight of hand roll that you would need oh no no that's something that he's obviously looking at and he's very aware that it's there mm-hmm. but i do want i, I want to look that is a this this is a beautiful timepiece. I want to pick it up very gingerly. I want to be sure that he knows that I care about it, that it's his property. And yeah. I, want to, I want to tell him how beautiful it is and a compliment. I'm a compliment. It's a beautiful book. I want to see if there's anything engraved, any kind of uh, personal message on the inside. I want to really take a good look at this watch and see if there's anything I can take from it. Meanwhile, basically just schmoozing him on how incredibly gorgeous his timepiece is. <laughs> Gotcha. All right, um, there is an inscription in there. I'm uh, just trying to find the uh, name here. Uh, commercial breaks. I remember this being buried in the text somewhere. Well, trying to find the damn thing. I'll probably I'll get back to you in a bit with the with the name in there. But essentially, it's a message from his brother, uh, which is saying that con- uh, congratulations on your. Uh, and your appointment to the priesthood, and I'm sure you'll do the town a great service, and then your oh. your brother, and then it has an initial in there. I'll set it back down, just as gingerly and, and very, you know, want to be sure nothing else smaller that maybe he would not notice. Um, go with his pen as well. Very nice fountain pen that he was writing with that he's just put down. Yeah. So you said a couple hours, and the and the sermon will be ready to ready to go. I, a lot of people say that um, you know I've heard around town we are staying at the hotel over with um, the couple oh. that run it. Yeah, the and, Bingham, Bingham Hotel, nice nice yeah. place, good good people there. Yeah, yeah, they were saying that your services are very very moving. Oh, that's that's very that's very kind of them. Yeah, I I like to put on a bit of a show. I like to make it entertaining. So. I know, are too many people who are uh, in this in this profession are uh, taking make not not to say they take it too seriously because I don't think you can take religion too seriously per se, but they can make it a very dry experience and people really become engaged and really become infused with uh, with the Lord when it's when it comes up and grabs them. It's something oh, that yeah. really kind of gets their attention. Well, you got to reach them. You know, you, you you've got to be the key that just fits right in their lock. That's I think that's the whole thing. And and I tell you, from what I hear, you've really got the key. You've got the key of the whole thing. Yeah, he uh, smiles. I, I, it's very very nice of you to say so. I, obviously, I won't. Uh, I don't like to uh, put myself on too high a pedestal. It's a long long way to fall. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you know what they say: the man on top of the mountain didn't fall there. But uh, I was wondering. Uh, I know this is kind of a strange request. I have several friends with me. We're all we're all very new in town, and I know that a lot of churches have reserved seating, and and you definitely want you know your your best believers right up front. But is there any way that I could maybe get a reserved seat right up in the front? Oh, you want to you want a front row, eh? Yeah, I know it goes against pretty much everything that church is all about. Everybody seems to want to be as far back. The worse you live during the week, the further you want to sit from the preacher in case the message gets too hot. But I th- I, I'm interested in what you've got to say. Okay. Um, again, your choice of persuade or fast talk. I'll go with persuade only because it's higher. 
Oh, that's 80. And I need a 45. I'll do it. 35. I'll burn 35 to make it a pass. Oh, okay. Yeah. In which case, he definitely nods. You know, um, I'm sure I can have a word with a good friend of mine, the, uh, the sheriff. Um, he normally likes to sit up front. Um, mm -hmm. I'll have a word when he comes in. Uh, Cliff's a good guy. He'll be, uh, he, he's here early. I'll make sure that I get a, get a space next to him where he'll just say, this is, uh, the seat's taken for this, uh, for this evening. So yeah, you can sit, sit up on the front row alongside the sheriff. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. I really do appreciate it, Reverend. No problem at all. And that, uh, that initial on the watch, I finally found the reference here, um, was E. So your brother E for Everett. Uh, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'll make my exit. I thank him. I, you know, thank you so much for the, for the generous, uh, for the hospitality and, and opening that seat up for me. I'm really looking forward to the service tonight. So, no problem. Good, good. See, see you then. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm gonna just kind of, with a little bit of spring in my step, I'm gonna head on back out of the church. As as you do, I want to wave you over though to point out the, the children's drawings. All right. Oh yeah. Look at those. Yeah. He's, but his Bible. And we'll, we'll leave the church at this point. Yeah. Let's, let's head on out of here. <laughs> so everyone else is basically outside then from what I'm gathering. Okay. All right. Um, outside the church, it's fairly fairly quiet. You do see a few people uh, going to and fro. Um, pretty much oh, minutes after you turn up, uh, there is a guy that walks down the street um, called Long Strides, uh, whistling away from himself, seeming very happy. Um, just kind of just watches you or looks at you as he goes on by. Still whistling um, and he's heading sort of into town. So he's going from, from the west to the east. And maybe two or three minutes after, or not two or three minutes, probably about five minutes after that, close to when um, Angel's finishing up inside with, uh, with Connor as they're coming out. Uh, Odd will certainly recognise the figure because you had a look through the, uh, the door and spot him. Um, you can see the sheriff walking down the road with this whistling guy uh, following a little bit behind him. And he very much seems to be watching you all from from the distance as he walks up. You can see he's kind of huffing and puffing a little bit as if walk, uh, getting out and walking in the late afternoon is definitely not what he was intending to be doing with his uh, with the last part of his day. But he walks up to you with a uh, kind of nod and says, afternoon folks, I got, uh, got word that there was some uh, people loitering outside the church. You're a bit oh. early for service, aren't you? Well, we didn't know when the service was. So we walked over here to, to take a look. Uh, we see that the services are in a, what, in a couple of hours? That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I'm going to say, hello, how are you today? Very quickly in English, Spanish, German, and then Nakal. Okay. Um, he looks at you, uh, of course, saying he definitely understands the first bit. 
uh, and then goes, so, sorry, sorry, fellow, I don't speak foreign. Uh, what, no no recognition that? with the Nakao? He just looks confused. Okay. Oh, I, I know many languages. I was just greeting you in all the native languages I know. He's a show-off. Yeah. yeah, he kind of smirks and nods at that. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, as I say, fellow, just just plain old American English is good enough for me. <laughs> so, now we uh, around here. We uh, we heard the uh, the broadcast, and we thought that we would come and see. Um, we are very interested in uh, meeting the preacher and oh. uh, watching the service. Oh, good to know. Good to know. There's uh, there's obviously quite a few people that have been. Uh, Kind of brought here by the spreading of the good word, so it's nice, nice to see new members of the congregation and people, people are taking interest in the word of the Lord. Yeah, indeed. I just had to be there. Nice, nice town. Yeah, you can, you can nod. You can see this very contented smile creep across his lips. Yeah, I, I like the sound of this. You, you'll, you'll go, you'll get on well with people here. Uh, do you attend the services? Oh yes, every day. So you'll see us there. All right. Oh. oh, good. Just to make sure that so there's no, nothing untoward going. That's all good. So we uh, shall uh, yeah, catch you, sheriff, catch you later, uh, gentlemen. Sheriff, before you go, um, uh, I find myself in need of a bit of a shave before the service. Uh, would you be able to point me to the direction of the local barbershop? Oh, yeah. Con Conkle's place. Uh, that will be... He kind of looks around getting his bearings. As the GM tries to find the map. Uh, well, uh, well, it's a bit of a well, not a bit of a hike. It's a little bit back. It's actually uh, back the way I've back the way I've come. Um, if you head down towards Main Street, he points the back back in the same direction that you've come back from the sheriff's office. Uh, take a left, and it's two blocks down on your left. So it's kind of halfway yeah. between the sheriff's office and your hotel. Doc, should we uh, go much. get that shave now? I think that sounds like a splendid idea. Yeah, you certainly want, you certainly want to be looking your best for the service. Certainly. Hope I can see. shave. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Sheriff. We'll see you at the service. No uh, problem. Good day to you. And uh, As he's walking away, that's the point that Angel and Connor are coming out. All right, gentlemen. So... Hey, um, so their their kids seem to really like adding snakes into their drawing of Bible scenes. Yeah, we surprised. Not really. That was the sheriff. Keep it down. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. let's start walking eh, back towards the Bible. Doesn't like that stuff. Let's start walking back towards the uh, what the the shaving a haircut place. Um, I was wondering if. Do you well? You guys talk to him. Do you think he's a lizard, man, a snake man, or do you think he's a hybrid? Who the sheriff? Yeah, no, a preacher. Corn oh, cornfield. Yeah. yeah, he just talked. He basically talked like any other preacher. He seemed he seemed fairly normal. I um, and oh. and and just loitered around the church. They weren't really keeping their conversation down. He he mentioned the Lord, not the Father, which would imply Yig. So that's an interesting thing to note. 
but I tell you, there was a lot of stuff that was cut out of his big Bible. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff blacked out. It's almost like he redacted the Bible. Well, I'm thinking, based on my earlier idea, what if this guy is a preacher? He goes out in the, in the, the wilderness and he finds something. We'll just say like a temple of Yig. Mm-hmm. And he becomes converted. And he's not like magically converted. He's just religiously shaken. And he comes back and and this is now what he's doing. But what if we, who know a lot more probably than he does about the whole thing, if we go in there and we're like, uh, we say something in Natal to him, and we say, well, we know about your conversion. That's why we came. And he might spill his beans about where he went and what happened to him. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not sure if so he, so he no so so what what about this? He went out there, he exp- had an experience in the desert. He now heals people and then becomes snake light. What what if what he experienced he didn't really comprehend what actually happened to That's him? That's what I'm saying. He so still if he, he's a preacher. So, so if he was. Hear me out here. When I was hybridized, I saw a lot of visions of snakes. A lot of visions of snakes. Very powerful visions of snakes. So if he experienced that same thing and saw it as a vision from God. Right. That's what I'm saying. What if we're messengers that have been sent here? To speak to him, but I wouldn't. But I see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, approach uh, it as a conversion because he's always been converted and he's just been blessed for his faith. I just want him to tell us where he had his experience. What's Marcelo pointing at? Any of you seen this? Look from across the street in the grass. There's a stream of snakes crawling in over here to under the church and going underneath the floorboards. Are you seeing this? Are we now seeing this? <laughs> yeah, I'm yet. To say a stream is uh, maybe a bit of an overstatement, but when you look around for a second, there's there's no sign of movement. But then, as the doctor's pointed out, that looking on the other side of the street, yeah, a little grass snake just kind of comes out from the grass, silently slithers across the road through the dust, and then heads under the uh, heads to a little. Got crack in the uh, in the front fascia board that, that separates the or keeps. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is in front of the crawl space underneath yeah. the church. Oh, there's 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 a crawl space. Is there more? Is there a door from the outside into the crawl space? Right. It's only about yay tall, so it's pretty much just that the building is slightly elevated above the ground. Elevated. So it's not like there's a basement here. It's just that it's not sat directly on the ground. Is there other gar- uh, harmless snakes that I could see around anywhere now? That if I take a look, I'd give me a spot hidden roll. Twenty-five out of fifty-five, almost a hard. Yeah. Um, in fact, you catch. Yeah, there's like, a little way down past the church. There's you can see the telltale sign of grass moving and something slithering its way through towards the church. I'm gonna take a quick sprint, not sprint, but walk quickly over there, make sure it's a garter snake, and pick it up and kind of hold it kind of hidden in my Okay, yeah, it'll be it'll be a grass snake, so nothing nothing particularly dangerous. Don't hurt uh, it. No 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 no. 
So I'll to, uh, to pick it up and hold it without kind of spooking it to the point where it would bite you. There is actually a uh, actually a roll for that. Uh, oh, okay. You can give me a combination. So this is going to be below both of uh, your sanity and luck. Alrighty. Uh, 50 even, and it's below uh, sanity and luck. Right, then, yep, you pick it up and you hold it without any problem. You don't spook it, it doesn't try and bite you. Alright. I'll let it coil around and I'll kind of try and let it go up my sleeve if it wants to go. Yeah, it'll, it'll get warmed up up there, so that's good. I think this will come in handy on for our idea. Damn. Nobody let Gerhard alone with the snake. I would quite like uh, the, the doc and I to let's go to the barbers. I, I wouldn't mind seeing this uh, this guy that uh, Susie and Greg were telling us about. The doc can maybe uh, medically explain what might have happened to him. Yes. Well, we're already walking in that direction. Yeah. That's uh, oh, Harry, cool. right? Harry Matherson? Yeah. I yep. uh, I look around and make sure Johnny's still here. Yeah. He waves, he's still here. We'll put a bell around your neck. <laughs> well, if you do that, then everybody else will know where I'm at. Put a bell that only we can hear. <laughs> now, that would be a weird science thing. Hmm. A tracking device so that we could always know where you are. What an interesting idea. That's my fucking piece of paper. We'll call it a tracker. <laughs> no, that's a dumb name. We'll have to come up with something far more clever. A tracker, that's what I am. You don't need a device like that. Of course. <laughs> You've got two of them. <laughs> I didn't realize we brought mittens with us. Hi. Mittens seems to show up wherever we are. <laughs> yeah, one, one, one minute he or she is there, and then another minute he or she is not there. Teleporting cat. Uh, that actually makes complete sense now. Um, yes. All right, let's get to that barbershop. Um, yes, shave and haircut. Two, two bits. bits. Okay, you're all heading there on mass. Well, yeah, I think I'm. I'm just kind of wandering around the street. I don't need a haircut. Mm -hmm. No problem. Well, maybe, maybe a trim or a, uh, complete, completely up to you. Oh yes, a trim, very yeah. much. Okay, as said, it's about halfway between the sheriff's office and the hotel. Uh, passing, passing it, you vaguely recall now. I remember that glass front building. It's nothing really special. Um, especially considering that as you walk by, you think it's probably a sh it was a shop that was shut. Because there's no real sign of movement or activity happening in there when you go by. Um, you head inside though, and yeah, the place is definitely a barbershop. It's a building that's split into three distinct sections. You've got, we'll see, residential above um, it's definitely two floor you can see from the outside that there's nice little lace curtains in the windows you can see little ornaments on the windows uh, on the windowsill that imply it's somewhere where uh, a living space 
and then below the ground floor is divided that you've got the traditional male barber at the front of the shop uh, door which goes through into the kind of more salon uh, uh, catering to female clients at the back uh, there's a nice smell of perfume coming from out the back uh, otherwise it's things like aftershave cut hair uh, other fragrances that you would normally associate with a barber shop. Um, inside, you have a row of seats on either side. There's three seats on the left, three seats on the right, uh, with a little desk in front of them for where all the various paraphernalia is laid out. Uh, big mirrors. Um, in the far seat on the right, uh, laying back, is an odd sight, to say the least. Um, there's a man in his, you think, probably mid to late 60s, um, who's just laying back. He's unbuttoned his shirt, and it's now kind of drooping either side of him. His belly is extended massively um, to the point where it looks like he has, that there's like a barrel inside of his, uh, his abdomen. It's impossibly extended. Um, can you give me a sanity check? Because it is, or it's, it defies how the hell can the man be alive when he's oh this big? Um, I just pass. Critically pass. I pass. Pass, 51. Okay, maybe it is not so sanity shattering, <laughs> but it still, it still gives you pause to think, what the fuck? And he's just sat there with his his arms on the top of his abdomen above this huge distended bulge. Um, he's lying back there kind of with his eyes. You think he's, his eyes are closed. Maybe they may be flutter open slightly. Always he's very, very gently snoring. <laughs> Harry, is that you? He opens his eyes and looks around. And tries tries to focus in, uh, in over in your general direction. And just as he's as he's mumbling, um, you hear the sound of footsteps coming from the back part of the building, and a man in got an overall apron, uh, carrying some scissors, which he's uh, just wiping down on a, le on a leather strap, or, or the razor on a leather strap. Ah, uh, oh, customers! Hello, hello! Um, wow, all all of you at once. Um, it's only me on the duty today, I'm afraid. Uh, the name's uh, the name's Ralph. I'm the proprietor. Um, I, uh, if if you don't mind a little bit of a wait, I can take care of all of you in turn. Wonderful, thank you. Just just a simple little trim and a and a, a just around the ears would be fine. Okay, okay. And looks to Gerhardt next uh, for you, sir. I'm um, I'm quite all right, thank you. Oh, just okay, joining okay. my friends. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Um, then looks to Magnus. Uh, just uh, just to tidy up a bit of a trim on the beard. Yeah, just line it up a bit. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. This will probably be fairly quick to get through everyone then. That's no problem. Uh, for you, sir, looks to Connor. Uh, same thing. Just been on the road. Oh, no problem. Yeah, in which case, shouldn't be any time at all. Just to check, is Johnny in as well? Johnny or and I are outside. So Johnny and Otto both outside. Yeah, we're out. Gotcha, no problem. 
um, you can see through the window what's happening here and you can the windows aren't particularly thick you probably catch most of what's being said even though it's a bit muffled so if you do want to jump in at any point then you certainly you can certainly hear what's going on so um who would like to go first oh i wouldn't mind at all thank you gotcha Right, in which case he uh, gestures over to one of the chairs on the right-hand side. Uh, so he puts you down on the chair. Uh, and he does seem to be a very competent, very very friendly uh, barber. So he makes a little idle conversation with you. As he's uh, as trimming up and doing uh, neatening and tidying things for you. So is there anything that you want to, to ask or bring up in conversation? Oh, um, oh, I, I, I see. Is, is that Harry in the back there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Our good, good man, Harry. He's, um, he's a little bit dozy after he's had, after he's eaten. So he's, uh, we, we call him like the little dormouse from, uh, Alice in Wonderland. But he, you, you might get, you might get the occasional word out of him, but he'll be, he'll be out of it for a, for a while after, say, after he's eaten. Yes, like this. Is is he feeling quite all right? I I ask because I am a doctor. Oh no, he's he's fine. He's eating his pig. He's all good. He's he's eating a pig. Yeah, it's his, right. it's his party piece now. So that that jaw of his just comes way down. And he just shoves it right in there, and it just sits in there, and it'll it'll keep him going for quite a while. I see. Well, that just sounds delicious, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, depends. Well, I'll say I, I like a bit of pork myself. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, one, one of the wife's specialties. He, he kind of glances up, uh, almost as if he's waiting for something or as if he's listening for something and then turns his attention back to you. Yes, yeah. yeah. Love a good bit of pork. Pork chop, best, best meal in the world. Yes. Well, thank you very much for this haircut. No problem, yeah. no problem. Uh, he, he charges what would be a fair amount for oh, I, uh, for the time. I give him a double tip. Oh, wow. In which case, oh, thank you. I hope you're a, I hope, I hope you'll see, see you again then if you're going to be in town for a little while. Certainly. Thank you so much. I will just kindly wait here for my friends sure sure uh, which point, yeah as so he turns around and magnus is happy to jump in and uh, jump in the chair all right is there is there another floor to this there is the up the, okay. the floor is residential once he starts working on magnus's excuse for a beard i'm going to slip up the stairs okay um give me a stealth roll just to see how um or hopefully not how observant ralph is 46 is a pass. Okay, um, he is focused on uh, Magnus, so he does not see you or notice you going out the back. So if you go out into the kind of the saloon, not the saloon, salon part of the um, of the lower floor, you can see it's very much more. It's it's almost like a mirror image of the uh, the male one, but it's more set up for uh, for females' perms, as um, the bowls that they would lay back in or sinks or whatever they they call them. Um, and there is a there's a door that goes out to the back. So if you imagine there was a backyard, that's how you'd get to it from here. 
but there is a small side door which is a small narrow staircase which then goes up to the residential floor upstairs um, the door's open so you don't even have to, to pick anything it's just sort of so it's already been open um, you get about halfway up the stairs and you do hear movement up there sounds a little weird um, it's almost you can hear breathing kind of almost heavy with anticipation and then the sound of a leap and a pounce and scratching on wood and then this kind of <laughs> sound i i make covering noise for as i see connor go off to do exploring i am sitting I'm, in the yeah, waiting just, i'm discussing with uh the, the, the guy, you know, like, oh, I haven't had a shave in a while. And, and so I'm, like I'm going to yeah. creep, creep up to the top. Uh-huh. Um. When you get to the top of the stairs, there's a, it's not even, it's not another door, it's just, it's a doorway. Mm -hmm. uh, you go peer around. Yeah. And you can see there's a co there's a corridor which runs the length of the building going up towards um, back towards the front of the building, so the front facing part that looks over the street. And then there's a series of two or three doors on either side that lead off. And you hear the sound of this kind of slurping and munching uh, coming from one of the doors that's immediately to your right. Um, by leaning a little into the corridor and then looking round again. Uh, you can catch sight of this uh, evidently female figure. Uh, she's probably in her mid-30s, you'd think, or mid to late 30s. Uh, dressed in a fairly bright, summery dress, but it looks like it hasn't been washed in quite a while. It's quite, uh, quite dirty. Uh, she's barefoot, and you can see that she's... Uh, this is into what seems to be one of the bedrooms, I think. Um, She's been crouched behind the bed and then pounced and has uh, picked off one or two flies which have uh, just landed on the windowsill and she seems to be eating them. Lovely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back down the stairs. Yep, yeah, she, she is completely oblivious of your presence. Yeah, um, obviously then the, do uh, the good doctor will be uh, will hear the sound of footsteps coming from behind him, so it can make enough uh, distraction covering noise. Maybe, maybe trying to get any any kind of response out of uh, Harry, but he's just doing his uh, dormouse impression, having been very very well fed. In fact, from maybe from that angle looking at him now, you can maybe think, yeah, maybe that thing sticking out the bottom of the belly actually does look a bit like a uh, a trotter. Yeah. Oh. Definitely some kind of uh, print of a pig's foot. Always just looks up at you with this contented grin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Returns to snoring. Oh, okay. um, Ralph says to uh, Magnus, "So you haven't been travelling, you say?" Ah, oh, I mean, me, uh, me, uh, my travel partners here. We're headed to California. I oh. we've come all the way from uh, from New York City. Oh wow! Well, you're definitely taking the scenic route then. Yeah, yeah most well, mostly. We, 
yeah, we wanted to see see the land and and uh, you know do that kind of stuff. We've, we've got no rush to get to California to start our new lives, but we thought we'd drop in here. Yeah. Well, a lot of the folks here, ever since the fields have turned to, turned to dust, they've been heading out that way as well. Mm. We used to have a thriving uh, cotton and peanut industry around here, and now all that we've got is dust. Ah, I see. Mm. Oh, so there's still the lumber yard. At least the trees haven't gone yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. Nice. Small mercies. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a lovely uh, trim you've given me there. I appreciate that. Ah, uh, much practice. <laughs> Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll pay um pay for it and and um tip as well, um you know quite well. Um, yeah, good. Uh, gear uh, gear wasn't getting anything, so Connor's back at this point. So, uh huh. No problem. Which point turns around to turns around to Connor, not uh, completely oblivious to the fact mm -hmm. he has ever gone. Says, um, view sir, anything I can do for you? Uh yeah, just take care of the little bit of scruff. Yeah, we'll give a good, nice, clean shave. Get rid of that, and and probably sits you down in the same chair, so nice and warm from two previous occupants. Um, those of you outside, say uh, Gil and Johnny, will both notice that. Uh, yeah, from what you think, Connor was pretty certain he was there one minute and gone the next, but he's he's back now in the chair. So he's, they're they're doing something in there. All right, and and well. Hmm. Well, he's going to shave me, and well, we're. I'm just going to like kind of look out the window. You're like, ah, you know, days days like this just maybe want to say a uh, praise unto Yig. Praise unto what, sir? Oh, sorry. Just uh, when I when I served in the war, you know. It, would rain a lot on the uh, on the front, so on dry days, just you know. Oh, you're out. Raise the day. Out, you're out on the. You're out in the in Europe then, yeah. Oh yeah. During the Great War. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. No, no, thankfully I managed to uh, managed to avoid that. It was uh, yeah, some hor horrible, horrible things happened out there. In the kind of in the silence, because he he just just pauses completely at that. Um, you hear another kind of just a patter of feet, and then a thump upstairs. At which point, the uh, say Ralph looks up. And says, ah, there there she is. I uh, thought she may thought, thought the wife may have been asleep, but evidently she's she's up and about now. Probably hungry. Well, uh, you're married. Oh yes, yes, very, very happily married. <laughs> yeah, been for a num number of years now. So the uh, me and the wife is joint joint business here. She takes care of the uh, the the, uh, the female clientele. Geez, I, I I try just I just can't get perms to work that well. But does anything seem off about Roger or Ralph? I mean, the bar the the uh, barber. Um, give me a. Psychology role. Can I do it as well? Yeah, any, anyone that's in there can definitely, if you're trying to read him, can get, definitely give me psychology. Oh, 15. Oh, I can't go with that. Mm -hmm. 
that is a hard pass. Okay. A 90 is a no pass. <laughs> right. Uh, pass on any stage. It, you realize that it's a very fine veneer uh, that he's putting on here. Um, yeah, he is someone that, if you were to put it in mechanical terms, he's had his sand check, he's failed it, and he's in denial. Uh, he okay. is desperately trying to think uh, to act like everything is normal and that there is not a problem here whatsoever. Yeah, okay. I'll sort of uh, lean over to, to Doc um, as he's cutting Connor's beard and to Gerhard um, and just sort of whisper to you guys and be like, this guy's a few screws loose. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's just holding on with what's going on. He's he's losing it. Yeah, otherwise he's quite happy to uh, continue shaving up once he's uh, recovered his uh, composure. Uh, again, does a wonderful job for you. Charges a more than fair rate. Thank you. Good, good. Well, hopefully I'll be seeing you, uh, gentlemen, again. And turns to Gerhard as the only one that's not had um, had a trip in the seat. He says, um, "Sir, if it's, again, if it's all you want to want to come by, more than welcome." Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, tell I'm growing it back in. I'm growing it back in. So, uh, well, if you want, if you want some help maintaining it, then definitely we can take care of that as well. <laughs> well, always, yep. Yeah, um, pleasure to meet you all and be be seeing you later on, hopefully. If you're staying in town for a bit? Yeah, you you go to church here? We may attend services. Oh, yes. Yep, always. Let's uh, see go, go, go fearing man here. Mm -hmm. right. And otherwise, nothing to stop you from, leave, um, from leaving. And met by uh, Odd and Angel outside. All right. This, oh, you look this, good. Oh, thanks. This guy's wife does not. Uh, what do you mean? Can't judge the guy's wife. Well, she was pouncing around upstairs, catching and eating flies. Oh, the other guy in there uh, apparently can open his jaw open to eat an entire pig at once. That, that's what that other guy was saying. Yeah. He's definitely... Um, you know that comment you made about how he's healing people uh, for the better? I don't know if that's true. Well, like I said, it's kind of a violation, if you ask me. Yeah. They're healed, um, but at the cost of being changed. I was just kind of wondering here. These people all around here, though, they seem kind of simple, don't you think? Simple old folks. Mm -hmm. So where is this broadcast station? And if they're if if they're making a recording and sending it to Oklahoma City to be broadcast, who's lacing this second signal on top of the first signal? That seems like an awfully sophisticated thing to be able to do. Something that nobody in this town would be able to do. I don't think the preachers. I mean, he heaven, heaven forbid the one guy's doing the recording and while the microphone's running, somebody whispers. Right. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that simple. It took a it took Dr. Gonzalez a great deal of uh, fiddling around with it to get that signal to actually show up. 
Um, oh, it was very well hidden. If you want an idea, or when I say anyone can remember, because it was stated where the broadcasts are coming from. Yeah, would we be able to see a broadcast? Uh, Fifty-one is is a pass on the end. Okay. Um, answering uh, the doctor's question first, then there is no sign of any radio tower here. Because this is the '30s, and to broadcast, you would need a radio tower. That was very a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Could very use, big. Uh, could you just use the staple of the church? No, it's not. Oh big no, you'd need something much higher. Especially I mean, you could go you out could, on the overhanging area. You could have a small one if you were just broadcasting to this, and then maybe the next town over. Yeah, like to, like, to broadcast yeah. the way this but one we, was. We know they're sending the recording to Oklahoma City. They're not broadcasting it. Bingo. Oklahoma City, right. Is broadcasting it. Right. That's, that's what the role that Connor would have got the result from. It did. They did mention Radio KFOC in the briefing, which was Oklahoma City broadcast out. Of so, so the question is, 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 uh, is somebody from here stitching this other message on? And if, uh, which I, at the moment, I don't think that's possible. What, what, what makes you, what makes you think that it's stitching? Not just a very faint. Because Dr. Um, Gonsalva showed us that it was definitely the preacher and he was, and it was a loud and clear broadcast, but after a great deal of processing, he realized there was a second signal underneath it all that was covertly. Did he say a second signal or a second voice? Second signal. It was woven in. Something that only somebody who could either decode it would hear, or people was talking about subliminal messages that they're receiving. Was and, it in English or in the I don't remember. Was it in the towel or was it in English? Um, it was, I believe. Just double check. Uh, I think it was in English. I thought that it was in English. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's got the impression that it's a very different tongue because it's very and there's a lot of s's yeah. prolonged and it's right. it's almost in the same kind of vein as you would speak Nakal. So it's almost right. like it's Nakal accented, but it's not Nakal. So if, if that's the case, then this poor preacher here might be a dupe, and somebody else has got some, some reason to send people here. Let's not discount the fact that it could still be Sothugil worshippers. Just keep that in the back of your Well, mind. you mentioned the frog and the, I mean, well, you didn't say the frog, but you said the, the eating the flies. Which is what frogs do. Or, but aren't there some snakes that eat insects? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure snakes, there are. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Um, I'm also thinking that uh, he could just have a crazy wife. People do go crazy and they lock them upstairs in their houses. I I'm quite tempted to go back to the um, the saloon and ask if any of the folks there know which direction the preacher walked when he. Well, it's almost church. Uh, well, I, I'm okay if you guys go to church because I can. I'm happy to go out and hike, do the hike, and that, I mean that's good because that means I I know. No one's going to be following me that way if they're all at church. I don't mind. Yeah, Magnus, he went out for forty days. Yeah, but I don't think he got that far. Why? I just I've got a feeling he didn't get that far. If it was that close, then wouldn't somebody have found it already? I don't know. I just I've got to at least I can go check it out as far as I can go until I don't know. I've just got a gut feeling. In any direction that you could possibly go? No, no, I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna go ask if 
out the saloon, they know which direction yeah. Dr. Preacher left in. Good luck. I right, appreciate it. All right. So I gotta, we gotta go back and get cleaned up for a church. Okay. Well, you you all be heading in the same direction then to begin with anyway. Right. Because uh, the the saloon and the hotel are both going up Main Street. So those of you that want to peel off into the hotel can do that now, and then looks like Magnus is going further further up the road back towards the saloon. Uh, when you get into the hotel. Uh, you hear there's a little bit of a conversation happening inside, and you can see a, well, definitely from those of you that have a nosy around the, uh, the room upstairs, um, a man and a young boy uh, that would evidently fit the description of the occupants of room one mm -hmm. um, are talking with the landlady, um, just casually chatting at the front desk. I'm just going to go past them and go upstairs. Okay. No worries, in which case the uh, the landlady kind of nods and says, Oh folks, and then returns to conversation. And they seem to be as you're going past, they seem to be discussing the uh, you know, the normal and the normal state of affairs in town. Um, the fact it's gonna be a couple uh, probably about an hour and a bit now until the sermon. So if they if they're planning on heading along, they should probably go and get ready because everyone likes to uh, turn up in their uh, in their in their finery for these events these days. And then Maybe somebody else should talk to these people because they were compelled to come here. But I didn't just get shaved. So <laughs> I gotta apparently go trim up my beard. <laughs> ah, well. Right, that, that'll take you a little bit of time if you're presumably you're heading back to rooms to say freshen up and get ready for the, for the sermon yourselves, or are you planning on doing anything explicit while you're in there? Uh, I just want to make sure I have my um, items. Mm -hmm. Be sure I have my scepter. Uh-huh. And also in case there's a musical number, I want to be sure I have my flute. Uh, okay. Yep, you can def you've definitely got stuff you can have that discreetly about your person without drawing attention. That is no problem. Um that when uh, Gerhardt goes back into uh to his room, um you find Mittens is kind of sat on the uh the edge of the bed. Is kind of looking, looking around the floor, and then looks looks back up to you. See uh, when you come in. Um, tries to meow in a particular way. Um, do you want to give me a cat roll? See if you can understand what he's uh, what he's speaking. First roll is a seventeen. I got a bonus roll. I still didn't make it yet though. No, twenty-eight, but seventeen. I'll spend eight points of luck to uh, to get that. Okay. In which case, uh, you kind of catch the general gist of what uh, Mittens is saying. Um, yeah, Mittens saw a rat. A big one. And it's like keeping how big? Um, got about yay big, so about a foot long. Oh, wow. Um, and he's Keep trying to work out or... where... So I asked him if he, if he was keeping watch or is he afraid of it? 
No, he's, he's keeping watch trying to work out where the hell it's gone. Um, because he can't um, because he can't find any rat holes or any way that the rat could have got into the room. But he saw the rat scamper out from behind the uh, behind the wardrobe. There's no hole in the skirting board or anything there. And saw the rat dive under the bed. And then when he went to dive under there and have a look, he didn't find a rat. So he's confused and he's he's on watch out, thinking that there's something up. So I'll go over and lift the bed up a bit so he could get a better look under there. Yeah, no, it's nicely swept. There's not really any dust under there. It's nicely clean. No sign of a rat. This is weird. I keep an eye on that. We're going to go over to the chair and I explain the whole process of everything that happened to the cat, you know, to us today. And then I show him the little snake. I said, got this for, uh, and I explain my thoughts mm -hmm. process behind that. J jumps know. like hell at this jumps like hell at the sight of the snake and backs away across the across the bed oh. i'm sorry i didn't mean to frighten you it's a garter snake i and then i explain why i have it oh no problem in which case yeah it's tentatively comes forward again don't worry <laughs> but um then oh. i just get ready for church Unless yeah, there's anything else he wants to say, he, she. No, he's good. He, he, she, it. We respect his privacy. Uh, he's saying he'll quite happily stay here and try and find out where this, where this thing has come from. All right, and uh, so I filled him in on everything about the people in the sal the saloon and the people here, and so it's it's fully on track with us. Yeah. And I think by the time I finish that, that hour's probably up. Yeah, you've been uh, probably everyone else is getting ready to head on over to the church at that point. Skip back to Magnus then, while you're uh, asking around the people at the uh, people at the saloon. Uh, you get the impression there's definitely a few people that have thinned out here now. They've uh, they've left, um, asking around as to where they've got to, and the likes of the bartender saying, even though they don't um, they don't like what's going on at the church, that there's certain keeping up appearances that need to be maintained. They'll still go along to the service, but more of a case to keep an eye on what's going on rather than actively partake. Right, right. Um, um, but you can, you can give me a luck roll to see if any of them know whereabouts the Reverend left town by. 04. Okay. In which case, uh, your dear friend Morris, the, uh, Morris Wallstead, the bartender, mm. uh, says yeah i was actually there when he uh, when he left town um he was, I, was, I think i was one of the last people he spoke to before he before he headed on out um, right. he took main street and headed directly south south okay um could you uh, do you have a i've got a canteen could you fill this with some some water with me uh and um doctor the doc actually caught up with me on my yes. way to the bar so he's he's come along oh. with me if you okay. wouldn't mind, right, uh, if you could fill these up from us, we're uh, we're going to take a walk. Our plan is we're going to we'll we'll get to the edge of town and then we'll head south for about well, thirty miles. And if we don't find anything, we'll come back. That's going to be a long walk. That's that's like a four day walk. Yeah, that's like four days. Yeah. Oh no, like a two day, like a forced march. 30 miles out and 30 miles back? Well, we could, like I said, we're not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy to 
oh, look, we might find something before 30 miles. I'm just saying that's that's as far as I'm planning to walk out because I don't think he – I've got a gut feeling he didn't go for a – well, hang on. Wait, Gilly's not here. <laughs> Why am I explaining myself to Gilly? <laughs> Maybe a one day out in the, and back. Yeah, yeah. That, um, let's – we'll do that. We'll, we'll walk out for a day. Yeah, we'll walk out for a day, uh, and then we'll take some uh, some some equipment, and you know I can rough it out there if I've got stuff to make a fire. I can cook myself something, and then we'll come back tomorrow. Okay. Um, logistically speaking, I'm certainly not going to stop you doing it. Mm. Um, you will, as you are walking out into literal wilderness, uh, a bit more preparation. This is from purely your kind of knowledge of having done similar kind of things like this, where you've yeah. gone and hunted out a bounty out into the wild. Yeah. You, you will definitely want preparation. This is not something to undertake, undertake lightly. Um, okay. But even by roughing it, you're looking at things like you'll want bed rolls, you'll want blankets, you'll want food supplies, you'll want cooking equipment, um, maybe even possibly a tent, but you will definitely want stuff to take out here. Just taking a canteen on its own is yeah. um, insane lack of preparation. Well, I'll ask, I'll ask, um, I'll ask Morris if, uh, if he can, if I were to find all that equipment. Mm -hmm. and oh, then, that's um, easy. Yeah. And then I'll, that's, that's my basic mine and docks plan. I'll be to collect mm -hmm. all that stuff and then we'll um, head out there because I don't think any of the others have got any interest walking out that far. Okay. The place you'll need then, um, there is only the one place that uh, Morris can recommend is the Butler department store. Uh, it's pretty much the the main store in town. Uh, used to actually be a couple of, uh, basically the one general store, uh, but way back in the day, uh, Clark Butler, who set the place up, uh, ended up expanding into both the neighboring stores, and it's, it's a huge store. You know, a lot of places, I think, in, um, in the future could benefit from having such a big, uh, big store like this in the middle of town. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll go and get that collection up of stuff, and um, then I guess we'll, uh, once we're all equipped, we'll, we'll head out and see if we can find any sign of what maybe the Reverend encountered. Okay. Being um, it, is, um, it is approaching seven, which is services time, might we leave in the morning yeah. so yeah, we we'll, have... We'll, yeah, we'll leave in we'll leave in the morning, maybe yeah. uh, at dawn, so we can slip away before uh, anything. We can uh, tell the others where we're headed as well. Yeah. Um, so this way, is, I still can make the service. Yeah. Is um the uh, young couple still here? Um, no, they are not here at the minute. Okay, they're gone as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Let's uh let's head back because you and I have got to we're, uh, we're going to quickly change, I guess, for church, and then we'll run in. Yeah, the the butler the butler's department store opens at nine a.m. and closes at six, so it is closed now. Yeah. But yeah, they'll be open in the morning. They will definitely have camping equipment there, so you you will have you will have all the all the chance to buy the kind of equipment you'd need for a hike out into the wilderness and uh, camp out there for a day or two if you wanted to. Cool. Right. And. In which case, as I say, we're coming up to the two-hour mark. As everyone's getting ready to head to church, having uh, kind of cleaned themselves up, brushed themselves down, we'll leave it as you are all heading en masse down to the church. As you can see from across the town, you are joining a growing procession of people heading in the same direction, all with this 
got a lovely radiant beam about them that they are looking forward for a good old time. Excellent. All right. Our players included Stuart Lively, John Byram, Morgan Llewellyn, Jason Melichok, Zane Fleming, and myself with, Sel uh, with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.